Here to discuss the basics of psychological assessment is Dr. John Goodwin, clinical assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. Trained as a school psychologist, Dr. Goodwin completed his postdoctoral training at the Bell and Blank Center for Gifted Education and Talent Development, and it has ministered countless assessments throughout his career. Welcome, John, and thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here, Daniel. Let's start with the basics right at the outset. What is psychological assessment exactly? So psychological assessment is the formal process of gathering information about someone. And uh, psychologists do this through a variety of different ways. Psychological assessment often involves some administration of a test, but it's not defined by just testing. And I think that's really important. The psychological assessment involves a review of records. Those records might be medical or educational, depending on the referral concern. There's oftentimes an interview. It may be an interview with the client, if it's a child, an interview with parents or other caretakers, teachers. But the goal is to gather information. And then, of course, psychological testing. And testing typically is linked to whatever question needs to be asked, whatever the referral concern is. Tests can be standardized, they can be unstandardized, and they can be focused on learning more about how a person thinks or how they learn or how they feel. Assessment can be voluntary or mandated, such as by a court of law. Assessment can be done in different settings. So I work in a hospital and a lot of concerns that I have, referral concerns, patients who are seeking assessment are seeking a diagnosis or diagnostic clarification. Um, But assessment can also be done in schools to assist with educational planning or determining whether a student is eligible for certain services. Of course, assessment can be done in forensic settings because there may be some sort of legal question. Assessment can be done in a variety of settings. And there are different types of assessment. So I mentioned standardized assessment that can be achievement testing, intelligence testing. There are also non-standardized ways of doing assessment. Typically, that can be just asking questions or doing observations even. That is part of that information gathering process that I call assessment. There's also neuropsychological testing. This type of assessment is really aimed at better understanding brain behavior relationships. There's psychoeducational assessment that's focused on educational planning and really learning more about level of performance. And of course, there's diagnostic testing, projective testing, which is a way of gathering information about personality. Assessment is a very diverse skill set that psychologists uniquely have. Clearly, John, there are multiple types of psychological assessments. And I'm returning to that idea you, that question you posed at the outset is, what is the question that needs to be asked? And the nature of the assessment oftentimes flows from that. And so I like your point about assessments can be voluntary. Sometimes they can be mandated. They're done in many different settings. And there are different types of assessments, standardized versus unstandardized tests, academic-related tests, or tests that happen 
in hospital, sometimes called like a neuropsychological test, which is yes. sometimes, oftentimes how those are referred to. I'm hearing all of these terms and I, I want to take a, a step back almost and say, so we've got all these different types of standardized tests and assessments that can be given. Who's qualified to be administering psychological assessments? Well, first, I think one thing that I'll start off with is Psychological assessment is one of those unique areas of competence that distinguish psychologists from other mental health providers, okay? So when we think of psychiatrists, licensed clinical social workers, licensed professional counselors, other mental health folks, it's really the psychologist who's probably most skilled at psychological assessment. Now with that said, psychologists, there are different types of psychologists. And oftentimes, different types of psychologists do different types of psychological assessment. So for example, my background is as a school psychologist. And school psychologists who work in schools, and I know that there are quite a few health service psychologists who work in schools as well, oftentimes they do psychological assessment to determine how best to serve a child within a school setting. And I call that psychoeducational assessment. Maybe there's a question of, does this child meet eligibility criteria for an individualized education program or an IEP? A school psychologist would be involved in doing that type of psychoeducational assessment. Generally speaking, however, Licensed psychologists um, in outpatient settings and community settings, licensed clinical psychologists, licensed counseling psychologists, they may do an assessment for diagnostic purposes. So there may be, for example, a question of whether a client, a patient has ADHD. Perhaps a neuropsychologist would do an assessment to look at attention, executive functioning, general cognition, intelligence, and gather all those data to come to some sort of diagnostic conclusion, right? Other psychologists may do assessment that is focused on guiding treatment. So even for psychologists who primarily do therapy or do intervention-based work, oftentimes there's some sort of assessment of some type that is done. I mentioned earlier, there can be some sort of informal or unstandardized assessment that can be a general interview, or it can be the administration of more formal measures. Anything, it can be something pretty straightforward as a a rating scale, um, kind of a questionnaire or survey that the client completes, or they may do more comprehensive assessment looking at personality or intelligence. But in those settings, assessment can either be to get diagnostic clarification or to guide treatment through therapy or uh, referral to other care providers who would be delivering some sort of treatment or intervention. There's one type of psychologist called a neuropsychologist These are psychologists who have special training in what I mentioned before, understanding brain behavior relationships. Their training is unique in that um, they have additional postdoctoral training in um, neural development, in neuropathology, and 
a client who might benefit from a neuropsychological assessment, it may be someone who has a head injury, or if there's some sort of concern about decline in function. So, uh, for example, neuropsychologists are often involved in detecting those early subtle brain cognitive challenges that may emerge with aging or the onset of dementia, for example. There are certainly neuropsychologists who work with children too. Um, So those are some of the distinctions between uh, the different types of psychologists who conduct assessment. And there are other types of uh, assessment as well that may be beyond the scope of, of this podcast. Many counseling psychologists get special training and career assessment, right? And that might be a service that's available to college students on college campuses, for example. And that's to help with career planning. So uh, if there's one take-home message that I would like uh, consumers of psychological services to understand is that uh, psychologists in many ways aren't interchangeable. Some have skills that are unique to address certain referral concerns. I will also say that if you want an assessment, psychological assessment, a psychologist is probably your best bet as opposed to seeking assessment services from other mental health providers. To pull us back a moment, mm-hmm. some of the terms earlier, we, I heard psychiatrist mm-hmm. versus psychologist. Just to reiterate that a psychiatrist is a type of physician Whereas a psychologist, a licensed psychologist, is a type of mental health provider that we're talking about here today. Right. That has years of service with various types of mental health service provision. And so the part of that training that we're talking about today is the assessment part of their training. And what I'm hearing from you, from you, John, is that psychologists, amongst all these different types of mental health providers, and there's a lot of them, and it can sometimes feel overwhelming just with how many terms there are. But the psychologist, the licensed psychologists are going to be uniquely positioned within that bigger world of mental health providers, typically to provide a psychological assessment service. And for, for listeners, the findapsychologist.org website, if you are browsing that website, you'll notice that each psychologist listed has an area of expertise underneath their name and their profile. And psychological testing is one of those areas of expertise that many psychologists will have listed. And so that's an indicator that that's a person who you might be able to speak to, who at a minimum may be able to provide a referral or, or talk further about what, what psychological assessment looks like. So I want to pull us in a, diff, in a little bit of a different direction here. And, you know, I'll just paint a scenario for you. John, that I think maybe some listeners are wondering, and that's, you know, if you get some, some feedback or notification that, you know, you meet a psychological assessment or, or you would like a psychological assessment and you go and you speak to a licensed psychologist, you know, in the way that you described in your answer a moment ago, it's sort of like, well, what's going to happen once I sit down in that office with that psychologist? Like, what's that going to look like or feel like? What are some basic things I might expect to encounter in that process? Yeah, well, first you would, there should be some sort of informed consent process 
Okay. So this is where you provide permission for the psychologist to conduct the assessment. And part of that process, there should be some sort of explanation of what the psychological assessment will look like, who will have access to the assessment findings. And it's an opportunity for you as a client or someone who's seeking a psychological assessment services to ask questions. What will this involve? And that should be the, the first step in getting a better understanding of what psychological assessment is. Also, there hopefully will be an interview, an interview to gain more information about uh, whatever the referral concern is that may have brought you or your child or loved one into a psychologist's office to seek the assessment. So, for example, if there are concerns about school functioning, academic performance, the psychologist would try to get more information about that. If there are concerns about mood or other aspects of well-being, the psychologist would ask questions about that. And then, and this isn't a fixed approach, you know, some folks do the interview later <laughs> or even before you actually show up in office, but typically there's that interview component. And oftentimes there's a review of records, whatever information you may have submitted to the psychologist, and then there's the testing. Now, an evaluation to learn about level of cognitive functioning will be very different from an evaluation to for some sort of psychosocial or mood concern, for example. And that should all be addressed within that intake process. What is the purpose of the evaluation? I think that's really well put. I mean, okay. I, I really like your answer because it helps to paint this picture of what, what might I expect to happen when I go mm -hmm. in. So some of the takeaways there are that informed consent process. Yeah. That's a really essential part of this process and it gives you as a as a person seeking the opportunity seeking services to really ask questions and clarify you know what types of information the psychologist intends um, to gather and what your role is as as the patient yeah and daniel i guess the other piece that i think i would like to share is at the end of the assessment, there the, uh, it culminates in a psychological report, okay? A psychological assessment report where those, all of the information that's gleaned from the assessment, from the interview, from the review of records to the actual test scores, those are all compiled into a psychological assessment report then that report is, is typically provided to the client or uh, that client's parents. Clients or, or parents or guardians, they certainly have the discretion to give permission to other stakeholders who might want that information. I think that's one thing I want your listeners to also know. So for example, you might wanna share psychological assessment report with a therapist for example, because that'll help them in terms of treatment planning. 
or with a physician who may incorporate whatever findings from that assessment report into his treatment, his or her treatment approach. Or that information might be released to school personnel to assist with educational planning. And that's one of the unique things about a psychological assessment because say you go onto a, you go to see a psychologist and you initiate psychological assessment services primarily because you need diagnostic clarification. However, that report, that assessment can serve multiple purposes. Um, you can also share that report with school personnel, right? Because then based on that information, not only do you have some sort of diagnostic question answered, but there would often be recommendations that are provided at the end of the psychological report. And those recommendations can be implemented by other stakeholders. So school personnel, other treatment or care teams, other professionals. So I don't want your listeners to miss out on that part. There will be a report and almost all the time there are recommendations. And that's really the most valuable part of the psychological assessment because we do an assessment, not just to gather information, but we use those information to intervene in some way, whether that's to provide more access to additional supports, to change a treatment plan, but we use those assessment data to intervene, to help with planning, and really to overall benefit whoever is being assessed. John, what do consumers or patients get out of a psychological assessment? Consumers of a psychological assessment, they should get two main things. The first, I would say, is just a better understanding of the client, a better understanding of their level of functioning, where they compare to others in terms of overall functioning. But more importantly, I would say, they would get recommendations for implementation, okay? Recommendations are typically, it's really the most valuable part of the psychological assessment, okay? In the report, there should be recommendations that can certainly be implemented by the patient, the client um, themselves. So for example, there might be a recommendation to consider seeking therapy services if, uh, a diagnostic conclusion is that someone might have some psychosocial challenges. There may be recommendations for perhaps a follow-up evaluation. Sometimes uh, one referral concern that's addressed by a psychological assessment may reveal other things that might need to be followed up on. So maybe someone's referred for an assessment for ADHD the psychologist doesn't find much that looks like ADHD, but there may be a question of autism spectrum disorder, right? Well, perhaps a recommendation is for a follow-up assessment to rule in or rule out that conclusion. Importantly, recommendations assist with intervening. Recommendations will assist educators, other care professionals who are involved with the client, we, we always assess not just to gather information and to describe a person. And I think psychologists who do assessment 
are very good at doing that, but we also do an assessment to intervene, to help the client. And I think that's what will be most valuable to anyone who's seeking psychological assessment services. You get a better understanding of the client and their unique needs, and you get recommendations to help improve their overall circumstances. So I just wanted to put that last piece in there, Daniel. Very, very useful and helpful, John. I, you know, we set out to cover the, some of the basics of psychological assessment, and I think we did that and, and then some. So thanks for joining me, Daniel Elkert, on, on this episode of the Psychology Hour, which has been brought to you by the National Register of Health Service Psychologists. And a reminder to our listeners that this and all episodes of the Psychology Hour don't provide formal mental health advice. For such advice, please consult with a mental health professional like a health service psychologist, including those who are listed on findapsychologist.org.